0: The Old Premeds Podcast, session number one. You're a non traditional student entering the medical field on your terms. You may have had some hiccups along the way, or you're changing careers. You're now ready to change course and go back and serve others as a physician. This podcast is here to help answer your questions and help educate you on your journey to becoming a physician. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Old Premeds podcast. Now, old premeds, you can find at oldpremeds.org, or you can find this podcast at opmpodcast.com. What Old Premeds is is a site dedicated to non-traditional pre-med and medical students? And this podcast is going to take questions that students post in the forums over at oldpremeds.org and turn them into episodes. Uh, I'm going to take the question... And we're going to answer it, uh, myself and Rich, and we'll introduce Rich here in a second. But if you don't know who I am, I am Dr. Ryan Gray. I am the publisher of the Medical School Headquarters and the Medical School uh, Headquarters podcast. That podcast has been around for more than three years now. If you haven't listened to that podcast, if you're just finding me through this podcast, then go check out the Medical School Headquarters at medicalschoolhq.com. Dot net, and go listen to those podcasts. We've got a ton of great information about the pre-med journey there, not specifically for non-traditionals, although the majority of students that listen to that podcast are non-traditional students. So I do cater a lot of stuff to non-traditionals. But the old pre-meds podcast is gonna be a very short form, about 10 minutes each, question and answer. We're gonna find questions that people post in the forums. We're going to answer those questions and all of that to help you help guide you as you are on this journey to becoming a physician. Now, Rich is going to talk about it uh, in a second uh, about the transition of old premeds. So I'll let him do that. Actually, let's, let's just do that right now. Let's introduce Rich. Rich, welcome. Why don't you introduce yourself and, and your role with Old Pre-Meds? Uh, my role until
1: very recently with Old Premeds was as uh, the executive director uh, and the publisher of the website, but uh, that recently has changed. Uh, we've now joined your family of medical school headquarters, and you're taking on the role of publishers of the OldPreMeds.org website, as well as help to direct the society that's, that it runs under. And we wish you well in your new endeavor, Dr. Gray.
0: <laughs> I'm becoming a media mogul. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, let's not go too far.
0: <laughs> why don't you uh, explain, since this is the first episode of the Old Pre-Meds podcast, why don't you explain a little bit of the, the history of Old Premeds? Uh, maybe when you took it over because it was given to you at some point as well, uh, well I... and, and where it's going and where maybe you hope I take it.
1: Okay. Well, actually, I'll go back a step further. It it was founded in 1998 by six slightly older students who were getting harassed in some online forum for an MCAT prep course, so they decided to create a mailing list. It started with six students. Uh, I took it over. I was involved with the site since 2002. Uh, I took it over formally in 2010. We currently have somewhere over 10,000 registered members who have gone and put their name and address, etc., we have somewhere over twenty-five thousand, approximately per month, of unique visitors who come to the site. It is the largest organization that is solely dedicated to non-traditional students who are seeking of going into going into medicine. Um, it, besides the website, it's found that under the auspices of the National Society for Non-Traditional Pre-Medical and Medical Students, uh, but everyone knows us by our website name, which is Old Pre-Meds, of course. Uh, where the site should go is an interesting question because what used to be the non-traditional is now the new traditional. So I think this site needs to go and just integrating with the rest of the pre-med information because I think there is so much misinformation out there for both non-traditional students as well as regular students about the prospects and how to apply to med school that it deserves a site that emphasizes accurate, referenceable, attributable information, which I think you do very well, especially through your podcast. We have the people who are in the know who are talking about what they actually know as opposed to those who may guess, speculate, and promote myths across the website, like some other
0: sites that we won't mention by name, (laughs) (laughs) though. Those other three-letter sites. And and you know, Rich, uh, from... from uh, being my friend now for a couple years, and you know why I started the medical school headquarters, and and it was to kind of overcome that misinformation out there. And it's it's interesting. Just today, there was a a, a question on Twitter uh, from a medical student who I actually have had on uh, my podcast, the medical school headquarters podcast, before, and he he wrote a question basically saying, "Hey, premeds." who of you actually use SDN? Why do you use it? And if you don't, why don't you use it? Uh, And it's interesting. I asked him why he asked the question, and he just said um, it was triggered by the mocking of medical students and college students essentially essentially being wussies for wanting a safe uh, space online. Um, so, So students are seeking a safe place to go ask questions and kind of... Air Not air their dirty laundry, but, but air some of their, their weaknesses and, and some things that they're maybe ashamed of, getting an F in a class oh. or a poor MCAT score. And, uh, and this an- anonymity uh, of, of students are just barraging them.
1: I think um, in my entire time in being involved with old pre-meds, there have only been two, count them, two people that I've ever had a ban from the site for their obnoxious, um, uncivilized behavior. There have been a few times where threads have gotten out of hand, but I have rarely have ever had to moderate. My view was that they're adults, other adults will get involved, and will let them know, and that has always been the case. Unlike uh, Student Doctor Network, and we should say about Student Doctor Network, the people who run it, who founded it, are really dedicated for their job. They are, mm-hmm. but it is the students who get on there who believe that to enter a professional a, uh, a physician that requires so much integrity and ethics that it's okay to be unprofessional without integrity and to be an obnoxious little mm, so-and-so online while you're getting there, which seems so contraindicated.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. That the, the Twitter um, question asker, the person that asked this question on Twitter, he, he went on and said, one of the reasons he's asking this question, it looks like he's trying to dig up some information to write maybe an op-ed piece. And he thinks maybe SDN, and, and, and again, as, as you said, the, the people behind SDN have good intentions. It's, it's the anonymous users that are the trolls. Um, but he says that he's wondering if SDN has a role in the lack of diversity of the students applying to medical school because they go on to the site – and maybe ask questions, or maybe they're just reading and see that oh, everybody has to have a 4.0 GPA and a perfect MCAT score to get in. It's,
1: it's that's interesting. You should say that because this has come up at discussion at the osteopathic conferences and at the AMC conferences, where I heard one admissions officer refer to the I think the term she used was the geekification of the med school applicant pool. That it is cycling back to what to be used to, used to in the late 1970s and the 1980s where you had nothing but white males, biology majors with 3.8s, and that was it. You had nothing else in the, in the applicant pool. Um, I've actually written a few things about this, and I was contemplating finishing my PhD studying this very issue, the amplification of the myths of medical school admissions through some of the websites, SDN being the biggest one. Um, I, I, the line that I always use is that people on the site, it's difficult to get into medical school, but people in SDN make it sound mythically impossible. <laughs> I like at, that. At mythically str- impossible. And it's mythically impossible because I have met so many people who have three fives, three fours, twenty-eight, thirty MCATs who don't think they should even bother applying to medical school. Those are great you know scores. What, they're fine. I have somebody right now who had a terrible a lot of personal issues and, and the beginning part of college stopped for a while, then went back to college and excelled as a high level researcher. But if you look at her overall score, it's like a three point one. But her last three years of school, she spent like five or six years in school, mind you, was like a three nine. Yeah. And I said, if someone had looked at that said, Oh, you shouldn't bother applying. She's now had seven interviews, including at some of the top schools. So I know there's gonna be a person who's gonna have a choice and they're probably gonna tried to recruit her, yet yet if you listen to the SDN wisdom, she would have never applied. And that's part of the reason why I'm still involved with SDN, partly because the founders asked me to get involved again to make sure there was accurate information, to make sure there was some voices of reason in that small, you know, small little voices that might get through this incredible weeds of all this misinformation. And that's why I stay involved with the site.
0: Yeah. And and one of the biggest reasons that I've had such a a fondness for old pre-meds is because that community there is is so different, as, as you said. And so if you're listening to this and, and you're a non-traditional student or maybe you're a traditional student and you want a safe place to go, go check out oldpremeds.org. I, I think that's where you can go and ask questions and, and not be judged in the same way that you will be at other sites.
1: Sounds good advice to me.
0: Well, Rich, I, I appreciate everything that you have done with Old Premeds and, and it's exciting to have this torch passed to me and i I hope to do it justice in the future moving forward and and you're not exiting completely i I, you're going to be on this podcast with me for as long as you can tolerate me and and share your wisdom for for those that will listen in the future so absolutely thank you rich for joining me all right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this inaugural episode of the Old Premeds Podcast. Not a ton of great information that you can act on to better your premed self, but hopefully some, some good background knowledge about who we are and what we hope the Old Premeds Podcast is going to be. If you have questions you want answered here on the Old Premeds Podcast, go to oldpremeds.org register for an account, go into the forms, and ask a question. As we talked about earlier, Old Pre-Meds is a very safe place for students, um, and, and we hope that you go and you feel safe there. Ask the questions. Hopefully, we'll answer, the, answer them here on this podcast. If you have any questions for me or want to say hi, My Twitter handle is at Medical School HQ. I'm not sure if I'll get an old pre-meds Twitter handle or just route everything through the Medical School HQ Twitter handle. Come find me on Twitter. I love Twitter. Come say hi. And I hope you join us next week here at the Old Pre-Meds Podcast.